0: Kamenetsky Brothers podcast, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is uh, Thursday, the 3rd of November. 3rd of November, I believe. 2nd. 2nd of November. Um, and, okay, so full disclosure, Andy and I, we're all set to um, sit down and record this podcast. We're uh, presumably talk about things happening to Lakers and the NBA and whatnot. And, and as we, literally, as we are sitting down, the news comes down uh, that Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans, which, of course, has nothing to do with this podcast, has. Uh, they believe suffered a torn ACL. And will be out for the and season. And will be out for the season, which is terrible news for Deshaun Watson. It's horrible. He's having he's having a phenomenal rookie
1: season. Seem amazing. Pace, seem pace to win Rookie of the Year by a landslide. Supposedly on top of it, is a terrific kid. Yeah, he, he
0: resurrected the Texans after he, they got he off donated, a the uh, I
1: know he donated at least one week's salary towards uh displaced people in Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean uh that that I believe were Texans uh employees. I mean yeah. he's supposed to be a
0: phenomenal kid as far as i know um and of course uh injuries like this you know as a football fan you're you're upset because you know here's one of the the great young players in the league it would have made the you know the the playoffs more exciting and blah 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 Um, of course what uh makes you really upset is it is a reminder of how small and selfish (laughs) that we are because the instant the first thing that i thought of i know me too because we both are in the same boat here how does this impact my fantasy team and it is both of us in separate leagues are starting deshaun watson and have no backup quarterback and in the league that we're in together your best player is to hunt uh, hopkins, hopkins who is going to be torpedoed by the loss of, of deshaun watson and i know this because the first two weeks he wasn't very good because Tom Savage was throwing the ball. And and, so, and I, I have
1: Will Fuller on my team, right. who is their deep threat, and I'm not 100% sure Tom Savage can throw the ball more than seven yards.
0: And I feel like this is a truly underrated aspect of why people like, you know, some people don't like fantasy sports or think fantasy is A sports lot of is really athletes. And athletes hate because, like, it's true. I absolutely thought of Deshaun Watson as a commodity. <laughs> a little piece of a, of a game that I play fake team to try (laughs) fake team to uh, Andy, more precisely two fake teams (laughs) to try to make myself a little bit of pocket money. And, and, and my instant concern, you know, (laughs) thoughts and prayers to Sean Watson. My, my instant concern was for myself. Now look, I'm fine. Look, my knee's fine. Look, I do believe that it is possible to feel
1: two things at the same time. And along those lines, Brian, it is possible to feel total empathy towards Deshaun Watson. And I I legitimately feel horrible for him. I mean that's just that's terrible. And also feel utter selfishness towards my own dilemma. I think it is possible to feel both of those things. Now if you're asking me If You're asking me which one is which, the stronger emotion,
0: and which one came first? <laughs> Definitely my dilemma. <laughs> well, on, on the other hand, think of it this way, Andy. I can't fix Deshaun Watson's knee. No, but is there a reason Deshaun Watson's problems have to screw well, me oh, over? No, to? honestly, look here's the here's the thing. This isn't is- it isn't it selfish of Deshaun Watson? To tear his ACL, well, no, no. knowing how much he means to me. Look,
1: this you, you said before you can't fix Deshaun Watson. Neither one of us are miracle workers. Neither one of us know how to do Mister Miyagi's thing, where you know where he rubs the hand. <laughs> Have they tried. Sudden... That? Have they tried that If yeah. <laughs> You know, Daniel, if you haven't
0: tried that yet. Give that a shot before putting him on the IR. Yeah, I mean, Daniel
1: Daniel Russo won the the tournament. He won the All Valley tournament just because Mister Miyagi did that. Andy, yeah,
0: the whole freaking
1: right valley but like like you said you can't fix deshaun watson i can't fix deshaun watson but i can fix my team <laughs> i right. can attempt to fix my team unfortunately when i saw the waiver wire options the truth is i can't fix the team no, I just... and and look just to show that i'm not a hard-hearted man it's not just that deshaun watson was my quarterback it's that i rebuilt a team that was drafted poorly And I had to completely reconfigure this thing through the waiver wire, which, by the way, I did a very good job, you know, reconstructing this thing. And Deshaun Watson was my, like, crown prize of this reconstruction. I actually... Just to take people truly behind
0: the curtain they don't care about. (laughs) I picked up Deshaun. We should should tell people about bad poker beats while we're at it. (laughs) I've got a great story. (laughs) I've got a really good story. I mean, these are the two things that people hate hearing about more than anything else in the world, right? Oh, Your fantasy team. Not my I – mean, everybody likes talking about their – but hearing about your fantasy right. team, no. And then what happened to you look, playing poker? I'll, I'll just make an important point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I picked up Deshaun Watson after, after our initial waiver wire went through. Uh-huh. And I had a thought that, look, well, he, yeah. he is – he's starting to play well. He's really starting to play well. And if he has one more game like this – I'm not going to be able to pick him up, and I was left at a point when I picked him up. I took a risk, and I dropped Cam Newton, who wasn't playing well, but still Cam still Newton. Cam Newton, yeah. And it seemed like a risk. It raised some eyebrows in our league, and it turned out I had the best player in fantasy. So again, just to show that I'm not hard-hearted, that you know there really is there's a real emotion to this thing. And again. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson somewhere <laughs> in my body. I really do. Two things, two things about that. First of all, it raised no eyebrows. <laughs> Literally it nobody. It did in my head when nobody, everybody <laughs> was watching. Nobody paid.
0: Do you honestly think the other 11 of us got like we're all like on some sort of text or email chain Go, guys, did you see what Andy just did? He's done lost his mind. Yeah, they thought it. Uh, yeah, so that didn't happen, but. Uh, I just I don't need more reminders in my daily life that I am not a good person. <laughs> like I just don't need that. There are plenty of them okay, out there. I don't already. see any. Re- I don't see any reason why these things have to be mutually exclusive. It, I can It does. It does reveal a certain level of character flaw. <laughs> Maybe. You know what? If that's my worst character flaw, I'll but, live okay, with it. Okay, but it, it isn't. <laughs> so. Um, all right. Anyway, it's the worst one I'm going to talk about. So this is sad. This is very sad news. So uh, if you if we both seem down. Or distracted. Or distracted or like it's we because don't give a crap about it's this Both <laughs> of us now have to start Jacoby Brissett in very important games uh this weekend. And all and games, by the way, and Brian, by the way
1: just adding a little uh yet one more layer that nobody listening cares about. Brian and I are playing each other this That's weekend. Right. And this with first this, place on the line. With first place on the line and this game is heavily tilted by Deshaun Watson's injury on
0: both, both sides. sides yeah. So that gives you all something to look forward to this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> as you watch SportsCenter and keep your eye on the ticker. Um, so the Lakers are Little Red are, Fournette taking on not great Bob, um, who by the way, ironically has been mm-hmm. nothing short of spectacular. Yes, uh, the Lakers are. What's their record now? Uh, they four? are we're th- three, three and, four, and four, right? we three were four, three and four here, and. Uh, by the time some of you hear this, you know, they'll they'll probably have played tonight's game against Portland. They'll play Friday against the D'Angelo Russells. Um Unfortunately, by the time you all hear really this. Really looking forward to that. By the time you all hear this, Deshaun Watson will not be healthy. Right. And Tyrod Taylor, who I really wanted to pick up <laughs> off the wire, isn't off waivers yet, um, and he plays tonight. Yeah. Again, if we appear distracted, <laughs> it's because really back this we <laughs> are no, Andy, come hell or high water, we do one of these a week. There's no rule that says they have to be good, though. You know I mean? Like, we appreciate it if you listen all the way through. But another option is just leave it on and walk away or turn the volume down. Now, this, this is one of those where if you're fast-forwarding
1: a bit, I'm not going to blame you at all. No, but
0: the problem is if you're fast-forwarding, you're not going to get somewhere that's going to help you, I don't think. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the the most surprising thing about the Lakers' start this year is after uh, Tuesday's game, the Halloween night extravaganza against Detroit, which was one of the best games the Lakers have played in years. Where do you think they are in defensive efficiency? If you haven't looked at today, I haven't. Okay, actually. so where are the Lakers today after seven games? In the uh, uh, in the NBA, ranked in defensive efficiency, I'm gonna according say, to basketball reference, I'm going to say ninth. Andy, that is too high, too low. I mean, like they're they're higher than that. Seventh, higher. Fourth, lower. Fifth, lower. Sixth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the shout Lakers, out Mike Trudeau. the the Los Angeles Lakers. Are sixth in defensive efficiency. That is amazing. And and that includes what happened in opening night against the Clippers. It includes what happens against uh, the the Suns in a night where they were not efficient defensively. And, look, I get seven games, Andy. Small sample size theater. Whatever. I don't care. I don't think there's been a stretch in the last three seasons where the Lakers had a seven-game stretch where they were... The seventh best team in defensive efficiency. I wouldn't. I would I not have had a three games. I would like not that. have
1: thought that the Lakers would be capable of having the seventh best defensive efficiency within their own scrimmages, like 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 they'd somehow end
0: up like fourteenth in, in a like a three, three inter squad th- scrimmage league. So, what's going on here? We asked Luke Walton this question a lot. I mean, you know, they, once they started piling three, four, five games in a row, it obviously became a big talking point. I asked Luke you know, what? what's the, the balance here with, between effort and energy and understanding and all that stuff? And he said, you know, first of all, we're working really hard. And I think that's obvious. They have guys who are working very hard. They worked really hard at the beginning of last year, though, too, defensively, during that 10-10 and 10 start. And I don't think they ever got this high, but they were kind of middle of the pack for a little while. But he he said the other thing is they've kind of combined that with a little bit of understanding. And that, to me is the sign that they might be getting somewhere because defense is something in the NBA obviously you have to be working at it or it doesn't it's not going to happen. Right. If anybody but, who thinks that it's all just heart and elbow grease, it's a lot more complicated. Right, but that. and that's the thing. It's like you can work as hard as you want but if you're not doing it right, if you're not if if all five guys aren't on the same page in terms of the principles you're trying to follow or whatever, it's still not going to matter. As we
1: always have said, if all it took was just effort and determination, Sasha Vujacic would
0: have been the greatest <laughs> defender of all time. in NBA history. Of all time. Yes. Um, because he cared. Yes, he did. Deeply. Yes, he did. Um, at the very least, about looking like he was doing stuff. <laughs> and um, Hey, everyone. Welcome <laughs> on sashavujacic 18com We so, are here in
1: South Bay. I think that. For those not familiar, Beach. this is an actual well, video from SashaVujacic.com. Uh, very, I don't know if it's S-V-O, still,
0: it, I'm not sure it's still active, but S-V-A-T. we, S-V-A-T. we S-V-A-T. ripped S-V-A-T.
1: it down just in case. He's, He's a Vintner now. Yes, he is he a v- website Selling very I expensive wine. Um, and so. The least expensive bottle, I believe, is $75. He needs the money. That's, <laughs> by, by the way, that's a ballsy way to go. I Straight agree. out of the gate, your least expensive bottle is. Noted Vintner. I mean,
0: really, that's strong. Yes. No corks, just headbands. Um. <laughs> wrap, the, wrap the opening in a head. One of those tiny little leather <laughs> stringy headbands. All joking aside, if you, you want to sell that to Laker fans, uh-huh. you do that. I agree. Um, but anyway, it was like so, you you know, he said they are starting to get it. And so, you, if you have to stop and think at any point while you're playing defense about what you're looking at, you're going to be a half step behind. Play is over. Yep. And so, if they've reached a point where there is a certain level of understanding, buoyed by the fact that they have uh, Brooke Lopez, who is not, you know, Dikembe Mutombo, but he's a professional defender. You know, he's he knows what he's supposed to do. He's underrated as a rim protector. Uh, moves okay. They have KCP, who understands how to play defense and all that kind of stuff. So you have the young guys, kind of buoyed by some of the 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 relative veterans, how how high do you think they can finish? 6 is not going to be the answer. Yeah, no, I I would be stunned if they kept that but up. But does it need to be, are we at a point now where we could say it's not going to be 26? Yeah, you know, I think there is a chance because I mean, when you're talking about understanding
1: of what you're supposed to be doing out there, beyond the fact that maybe, you know, some type of defensive intelligence is clicking for this group, if they actually understand how they're supposed to be executing it, then it actually puts an onus on the teams they're defending to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And especially now when you're talking about, you know, a very new roster, you know, there was a lot of turnover heading into this year. So teams don't necessarily know how that group is going to gel together,
0: but also they don't know exactly how they're going to be going out defending your right. Team. That, but they see the, so you the, so there's a bit of an adjustment right period. and that but that that to me speaks more to the idea that Well, this may be a mirage. No, 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 but no, but what, no, but what I'm saying, all I'm saying is, if they're actually
1: putting any type of pressure on an offense to adjust at all, that's a step up because last year they didn't. Oh, I see what you mean. Last year it was all just pure effort. Having said that, too, there is a defensive, like energy and especially an intensity with this group that you don't see. Like, like KCP for example is a defender that you know, he definitely prides himself on defense. It's something that really matters to him. You know, He's split between a lot of people when it comes to the eye test versus the analytics of how effective he really
0: well, the is. The analytics say he wasn't actually that helpful defensively the right. last couple of years. But having Detroit. said
1: that, he cares, and he busts his ass on defense, and caring can go a long way. You know, A focus can go a long way. I'll tell you another guy that I think is actually – made a difference on this defense is Julius Randle. Yes. Julius Randle has made defensive
0: strides this season that granted he made some to begin last year but this year it seems different. Well I, th- I think with Julius and I'm glad you brought him up because there, there, there are a couple things that I think are happening like structurally why I think you could be right that again it's not going to be six. It's where they are going into tonight's game uh, against Portland but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be 26 either. Randle is part of a a lineup that they put out and he's working real hard.
1: Yes, he is. And he's
0: you know, he's playing 20 minutes a night and pouring about 35 he's pouring the 35 minutes of effort that he wants to be playing, the 35 minutes that he wants to be playing into 20 in terms of effort. But when he plays, he's part of this lineup that they put they can put out there the option that they have where it they can go small while remaining big. And Brandon Ingram Tuesday night was a great example of how his length could be disruptive and I think he had four steals in the first half and he was very active in that way uh, and that's always been the kind of the attraction with with Ingram is like man if he understands it he's so freaking long that he could be disruptive on that and but you have Clarkson you have KCP you have Hart you have uh, Kuzma you have Randall you have you know uh, Ingram Nance you know so you start to put out all of these guys who are none of them are big but none of them are little either, right? And you know, six five through you know six ten, and they're all athletic and they can all switch and whatever. That's that's something, and that 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 gives them a little bit more versatility, I think, than they had last year, and that'll help. You mentioned too uh, briefly Josh Hart, his insertion
1: into that second unit rotation, I think, has made a big difference defensively. I mean, he is a young, inexperienced player. But I think he has,
0: but he's a four-year guy he's coming a, from a program that played a lot of games And
1: in particular, his defensive instincts are really good. He anticipates well. I think he reads the floor well. He's strong. He's a really strong kid, and I think that helps him out a lot. And just adding one player to that unit, you know, cut from sort of that defensive first cloth, I think makes a difference. You know, a guy like Corey Brewer makes a difference. Sure. You know, Brewer is – he's a pro and he's i think somebody that takes pride not just in his defense but also helping these other guys figure out where they're supposed to be and adding someone of his experience to a group that's you know got rookies and Kuzma and Hart or also guys like Clarkson and Randall who aren't inexperienced in the NBA but they're inexperienced when it comes to being around an actual defense like neither one of them have actually ever played in a defense that was any good I think somebody like Brewer helps those guys along those lines as well. So I ultimately I think, you
0: know, if you know, high teens. That's reasonable. I think that's high a reasonable team. goal. I asked Larry Nance this question. Like how when good, you, when you say high teens, do you mean like 17-18 or like twelve eleven? No, like the the bottom part. Right. So like eighteen, seventeen. Low teens, I guess. Would that be the low teens or the high teens? That's teams? what I'm asking you.
1: Higher numbered teens or higher up the chart teens? Higher numbered teens. Right. So like 17 18, yeah. 19. That would be phenomenal.
0: But that like but that is that reasonable? Is that yes. a, okay? I, I think I, I this question was like how how good do you think, you know, he's like what are we now? And at the time I think they they entering Sun, uh, Tuesday's game, I think they were like 10th. I think they were about Something now. like 10th or 11th. And, I, and so I said, I don't know, 10th or 11th, that was before tonight." And he's like, "Well, okay, that's what it says we are. That's what we think we should be." So you know he's taking it seriously like they and look Corey it, Brewer said he thought they could be a top five defense right i mean that and that's insane <laughs> it is I mean, that's 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 crazy, but look if they look if they finished middle of the pack defensively.
1: That would be a, it'd be amazing. Not, it'd be a I mean, huge improvement. Luke Walton should win Coach of the Year it'd be if, they a finish, huge improvement. if they finish middle of the pack.
0: Yeah, uh, particularly since it wouldn't necessarily be fueled purely by like some, like some the addition of one or two guys that aren't going to be. It, they're not going to be that because of strictly Brooke Lopez and KCP. Neither of them no. might be here next year. Um, so that's that's good. Uh, we talked a little bit about Randall. This front court thing is interesting. I, we had spent a lot of time talking to Nance. We're going to refer to my conversation with Nance. But uh, because of this Deshaun Watson news before the podcast, we didn't end up putting the sound in the the thing, so we'll just tell you what he said. I We asked him this question about playing time, because Randall Randall has completely turned up the energy, I think you'd agree. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's sort of channeling the frustration that he has of not playing starters minutes into the 17 to 21 that he's getting a night, and he's played very well. Yeah, his, his attitude went from visibly pouting
1: and distracted to it seems like visibly quite good. Like, like, or
0: he's good. No, I say his attitude is exactly what you you would expect it to be, which is I know you don't like this. I'm going to be professional and go. I was going to say let me me change.
1: Let me change my word when I when I say good. I don't mean like he's loving this. I mean good, like pragmatic. Yes,
0: it's professional. Yes, go do what you're. I, I, he said. I'm going to control what I can control. I can't control how much I play. It's obvious he wants to play. 35 minutes. He a night. should. He absolutely should. But I asked this question, of Nance, because it's not just that Nance is starting and Randall's coming off the bench. It's that so they have to figure out, well, geez, now we have this Kuzma thing uh, that nobody really expected. I, I think after the draft would be something that we got to figure out 20 minutes a night for Kuzma. Um, so you have that issue. Brooke Lopez is going to play. You got to find minutes for Corey Brewer. Brandon Ingram is going to play that. You, you have at least one more good player. than they they have space for. And so we asked Nance that question about how are you guys kind of handling it. He says, I love it because it means we have good players. Um, And, you know, I heard the story that they were telling about Nance. Like he was uh, Luke said, I guess today at practice that Nance uh, was going in for Kuzma. Kuzma was kicking butt. And so he just went back to Luke and said, let him keep going and sat back down. That doesn't happen very often. Um, very clearly Larry Nance has an idea of what is going to keep him around. Well, he's always been that way. He's been that way since he was a rookie. But it's also reflective of the kind of the ethic that they want to build. It's that Golden State, everyone sacrifices to win. And and Nance even said that. My question becomes, can you balance in the long term Nance's attitude of Seeming to kind of be in it for the long haul and understand like this is where you know, I like, I you know, I, I think I, this is how I want it to be done, and I, I want to be with this from beginning to end with Randall's, which seems to be I don't like it, but I, I'm going to do it because this is what I control, it's my job. Um, and, I am looking to get paid, so I need to showcase myself as well as and, I possibly uh, and can. I think, I don't think he wants to be the kind of guy who sits on the bench. And roots for Nance or no. Kuzma to play poorly no. so he can play more. I, I, I don't think he wants to be
1: that No, guy. I mean, we've been around Julius a while. He's never struck me as
0: no. that. No, and, and, and there are guys, go- by the way. Of course there are. There are guys who would sit there and be like, you know, every time Nance misses a shot or Kuzma misses a shot, would little internal well, fist pump. A- after the
1: first couple games where, you know, Julius will admit he was pouting. He was distracted. He absolutely was. Ever since that I've seen good energy from him when he's been on the bench. I haven't seen any signs of sulking when Larry's gotten more minutes than him. It just it doesn't seem to be that way. It seems like he has, you know, accepted this. But
0: can you do that long term? And this is and this is the the trick that the, for the Lakers because they're trying to build these young players up while also trying to go recruit players who are going to take their their positions as the lead dog on the team. Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball or Julius Randle, whoever it might be, makes leaps this season and finishes the year as you know, kind of the alpha dog of this group. When LeBron James, knock on wood, and Paul George, knock on wood, show up next year, they're going to have to give, up, give that up to those guys. So it, this is the trick, I think, for Walton and Palenka and the gang, is how is making that work, in a way where you can transfer that Golden State kind of ethic down here. Well, I mean it's look. Not easy. It, it,
1: it's not easy. It's not I mean easy at all I will particularly say this, with a
0: guy like LeBron.
1: Right. I mean to some to some degree this may work itself out by the way people play. Like right now, I would say over seven games, Randall has played better than Brooke Lopez. I think I think he's been more effective. Sure. I, I think he's put more of a stamp on games. Um I, I think you remember more moments from Randall than you do from Lopez. Lopez is getting more minutes than Randall. And sometimes Lopez is the harder guy to put on the floor as it is because of matchups, you could take away a few of Lopez's minutes and give them to Randall, and that might be a way to bump it up a little bit. You know, down the stretch of the season, there's a chance Corey Brewer may not be on this team. There's a chance he may end up getting moved. This oh, the last... I, he seems like he's totally the kind
0: of guy right. who could pick up a second-round
1: pick. Exactly. For. So, you know, over the last 20 games and change. Right. There's a good some... chance,
0: by the way, Lopez won't be on the show sure, exactly.
1: The so some, some of this may end up working itself out. I do think, though, you can see that Walton, I think, is trying to I, – I do think he is trying to address this issue, particularly when it comes to Julius – by giving him high leverage minutes in crunch time. No, he's I fine. think he's trying he to is. keep him on the floor. And it's in part because Randall's earned it. But I think also Luke realizes, okay, if I don't give him
0: as many minutes as he wants, I'm going to try to give him the kind of minutes that he wants. I. It's funny because, like, we just finished talking about the Dodgers. You know, obviously they lost this week in Game 7. And what one of the things that makes this team, that the Dodgers so good, is the way they've sort of slotted people in into roles that, they're going to be comfortable with even if they play well where a guy like chris taylor isn't going you know isn't going to expect certain things even as he plays well they bring guys in who if they are, are doing really well in their platoon don't expect to play every day if they're playing three out of five even if they're playing really well in the three that they play because they understand why they're there and that's a its a difficult thing to do in roster construction. It's a difficult thing to do in, in ego and talent management and all that. Comparing Randall and Nance to me is interesting because Nance, from the time he sort of got in the league, was always seen as a sort of glue guy, mm-hmm. um, a, a rotation player who makes good teams better or whatever, but not seen necessarily. I would say Larry doesn't think of himself this way, but not seen necessarily as a star or a, High end starter or something like that. Maybe you, on San Antonio, you might slide him He's in the as a starter. starter. He's the Devin George of the 2004, team. right? Maybe more effective, but like sure, the, but the guy who's there to so Devin was known other as the guys, fifth beetle on that team, right? So that the other guys can really shine. Right. Randall is supposed to be yeah, a seventh overall pick, a frontline player. He thinks of himself as someone is supposed to be that. Um, Randall is also someone who is rumored not to be here next year. The Lakers have, you know, they're going to need to make sure when they put all this together that they're filling around with the right guys and that the young guys that they keep are going to be able to work in that new structure. Whatever that new structure is going to be with whoever's coming in, that these are guys who can operate within that. And by the way, too, I mean, I know this is something we've talked about on the Laker post game show with
1: uh, Travis Rogers. This is an interesting and sometimes tricky needle that the Lakers are looking to thread when you start projecting who's going to be here in 4 years? who's going to be here in 7 years? you know if there's if there's anybody in this young core that really might be here for the long haul and if you start sort of making cuts before the season ends, you always do run that risk of leaving somebody out based on what you see right now or based on who you have earmarked to come in free agency and there's always that chance that well, a the yeah. free agent doesn't show That's up the and big b one.
0: you end up losing someone who could have been Very helpful for this young core that you're looking to build. Well, they control Randall's, I mean, the the test. Look, when you talk about it that way for next year, you're talking it's Clarkson and it's Randall because those guys don't fit math wise. But I mean, you know, D'Angelo Russell. We're going to talk about a little bit. D'Angelo is right now, right? But But, he's the first,
1: if you want to call it, victim of that blueprint that they're working on right now. Well, yeah,
0: sort of. I mean, but to some degree, I mean, it would have been really interesting to see what they did if D'Angelo hadn't been traded, in terms of how they would be talking about him because I go back to it. cover the media guy this year. Last year it was five dudes. This year it's two. Yeah, it's and two dudes with, with three like in the periphery. Three, three in peripheral. the periphery like ghostly yeah, figures it's Lonzo, it. it's Lonzo and Ingram, Ingram the front. front and
1: center with Clarkson, Randall, Casey and, P, KCP. and Lopez, I think, yeah, sort of on the, of the periphery. Like ghosts.
0: Yeah. Uh um, Well, you
1: you got to make sure by the way, I mean because of the Rich Paul connection, KCP was somewhere. going to be on that oh, cover. Yeah. It was almost going to be the entire cover. He was absolutely going to be on that cover. Almost like if, if you I'm pretty sure that if you took out a tape measure and started really breaking down the dimensions. KCP has a little more real estate than Lopez, Randall, or
0: Clarkson. But so those guys aren't stupid. They know that theoretically they don't they don't fit if they're gonna keep if they're gonna get those other guys. But then if LeBron and, and Paul George don't come, the Lakers still have rights on Randall. They can still match contracts, they can do all that stuff. Um and Clarkson is still under contract for next year, so assuming he hasn't been moved assuming for a potential right, catch assuming base. he hasn't been moved and that 's the tricky part It's like those guys know that they are plan b, but at the same time there 's a very realistic shot that both of them will be on the roster next year, which isn 't necessarily a terrible outcome, but it is tricky and will require massaging from management um, i mean that that is that is the downside to announcing your grand plan absolutely you know in june these these guys have agents and even they don't even need and they the, have rabbit ears and, and they they're not right, and they don't need their agents to do the math right they're not stupid uh real quick before we go uh, d'angelo russell is coming back on friday uh, i don't think we need to spend a lot of time on how the crowd is going to treat him they're going to boo the crap out of him i imagine so um He's had a, a a very good start to the season in Brooklyn. He's putting up some good numbers. Yes, he is uh, for a Brooklyn team that is reasonably competitive, better than people thought. Any, I asked this. We've asked this question before, but now we're actually watching him play. Um, Lakers have been reasonably successful. Lonzo uh, has been reasonably successful, but I think Lonzo's numbers would be better next to Russell. Yes, they would. Any shot at some point this season. That people are lamenting the deal, or does that only happen after the offseason if they don't get their free agents?
1: If they don't get the free agents, people will absolutely lament it because, you know, they they jumped on this in part because they had somebody who would take Mozgov right well, then. I mean, yeah, I mean not and even that was like eighty five percent. Sure, it, it was eighty five percent. But the other fifteen percent is they did not see they didn't see D'Angelo, I think. You know, synerg- synergizing well with Lonzo, and they didn't see – is that a word? I don't know. I don't know if it is a word. I'm still thinking I about I understand what you mean. I'm still thinking about Deshaun Watson. I know. <laughs> I'm still thinking about this, that that we've managed to get this far. This is very good. It's a real You've testament. about three minutes. It's a real we'll testament to me. Um, this and, is your flu and, game. Yeah, <laughs> this is real, this is this is me shooting these free throws on the torn Achilles. Yeah, I mean, going <laughs> to back. Except more impressive, right? And, and more important, and more you know, it's more selfless. It's more brave. It's all those things. Um, I think there. It, obviously, if things fall to crap this off season, you're going to wonder what could have been with the Angelo there. I think if the, if the Lakers maintain more or less their present level of play, it's not going to feel that pronounced. But I will say this. It is looking like if you care at all about counting numbers, D'Angelo's are going to be not just better than Lonzo's, but they're going to jump out on the
0: page way more. Yeah, I...
1: And people tend to pay attention you know to like counting stats. I
0: think that... I mean, I know some of Russell... I mean, Russell's usage rate is real high in Brooklyn it's the, right now. Th- currently the third highest in the league. It's Westbrookian. Yeah, yeah, well, it's um, more than his. <laughs> so, you know, I, I get that. And that inflates certain things. But overall, he's playing pretty well. He's playing well. really well. And I just... There will always be a part of me that, and I understand the attitude issues that the Lakers had regarding D'Angelo. I, and, and I I don't, I don't I, know I, if from a, you know, like a better way of putting it, a, a political standpoint, if Lonzo and D'Angelo alongside each other I, I was going to work. I, but here's my, what I will always feel like is the, the basic criticism of D'Angelo, that he wasn't a leader and all these other things. All of these things go away once you have Lonzo on the team because now D'Angelo doesn't need to be. Any Assuming of that he stuff. can accept it. Assuming right. he can accept but, it. But but the the flip side is he has a chance to. It's not like he was you know you know he you play Lonzo at the one D'Angelo at the two because um, in this scenario KCP is not on the team. Uh, they don't bring him in. I think if they, if they just bring in a different baseball client, probably. Uh, well, maybe they do. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they still maybe you know what maybe. Well, no, because they still have Mozgov. No, what so they, they don't have space for it.
1: No, what they do is they just put KCP on the media cover anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just as a tribute,
0: you know. Yeah. To Rich Point Ball. is, there will always be a part of me that really wishes I could have me seen too. what would have happened. Me too. Because I think it would have been fun to watch. But uh, in the end, if they get their free agents, uh, it doesn't matter. And I, I hope D'Angelo plays well. And ultimately he needed to get out of town, I, agree. I think, to really... Especially once a uh, one... It, it, it was it started bad and it was never going to get good. It, I mean, you never know. You and I
1: thought that about Yasiel Puig for years, and, and it eventually did come around, but it took a long time. But I think especially once, sight unseen, Magic and Palinka were already announcing Lonzo Ball, who was their guy as the face of the organization, this transcendent player... D'Angelo Russell, who was not
0: their guy, there's just a dynamic that I don't know if it's workable. It's that, and just the fans. Fans didn't like him. Yeah, the fans. You know, the 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 town needs to be behind you in situations like that, and the town was not behind him. And it's hard. It is hard to change the town. Um, Anyway, uh, so that's it. Uh, We will now get back to trying to figure out how we're going to salvage our fantasy teams. Um, i keep looking for you news are that are welcome to thank both of us at cam brothers for stopping and uh, taking the time to do this for you i keep looking because for our instinct was to not do it
1: i keep looking for news that deshaun watson is up and jogging yes miraculous recovery.
0: <laughs> once again <Yeah>. mayagi <sighs> all right well we'll see everybody next week assuming andy isn't sitting shiva he's not gonna die <laughs> well my team might